0: It's the 16th of November in the year of our salvation, 2008. This is the 33rd Sunday of Ordinary Time. We're getting down to the end of the liturgical year. And you're back with Father Z and another podcast. Today, I'm delighted to welcome back as our guest, frequent guest on these WDTPRS podcasts, St. Augustine of Hippo, who died in 430. Uh, today, the great Doctor of Grace will speak to us across the centuries in his commentary on Psalm 95. In modern numbering, it's Psalm 96. So we'll hear some of his Enerationes in Salmos. That's the work in Latin, the exposition or explanations of the Psalms. Today he will talk to us about what Christians should do so that we don't have to be terrified of our judgment and so that we won't go to hell. St. Augustine spent years and years working on his explanations or expositions of the Psalms, which we call in Latin the Eneraciones in Psalmos. He worked on it between 392 and 418. It's an awful long time. And he effectively preached on or wrote on every verse of all 150 Psalms. And so the Eneraciones in Psalmos is huge. It's It's twice the length of his monumental work, The City of God. Now, the Psalter uh, was, for St. Augustine, uh, kind of a key or a lens through which he read the rest of the scriptures. In a lot of ways, the Psalter was his hermeneutical key, his interpretive principle, Uh, just as, for example, St. Ambrose used the Song of Songs to look at uh, many different things. Augustine very, very often used the Psalms. Now, a lot of these, I think almost all of them, were really preached. They were sermons, these explanations of the Psalms. They were in a liturgical setting, therefore. A lot of them were preached in Hippo. Um, Some of them were preached in Carthage, but in other places as well, but mainly Hippo and Carthage. And uh, we can date some of them, uh, because uh, Augustine scatters through here internal references to controversies or councils or people or other allusions uh, that can can help us date things. You have to remember that because these were a lot of them were sermons, and Augustine had uh, brilliant stenographers with him everywhere he went who wrote down literally every word that he would preach uh, and write it down with great speed and accuracy. We can get little snapshots of what was you know going on in the church while he was preaching, and we can get hints to how to date things. Uh, these little snapshots, for example, there are moments uh even in in the interazioni and salmos, you can pick up every once in a while like reactions of the congregation, or uh every once in a while he'll say you know he'll you know, say sorry i'm you know kind of going on a long time, or you know these are you know things that a lot of preachers you know would cut out of things later on if he was reworking them a lot you know and bringing them away from the you know original form of a sermon into a more of a literary genre a literary work you know you'd think that a guy would cut those kinds of things out but but we have them and which means that he probably didn't rework some of these as much or he just decided to leave them as they were you know including the those spontaneous comments that don't necessarily have anything to do directly with his exposition of the psalm it's really a treasure that we have when when he makes these little asides uh, now in what we're going to hear, this is from his uh, exposition of Psalm number 95, his paragraphs number uh, 14 to 15, probably preached in Hippo in the winter or the spring of 406 or 407. And uh, what he's dealing with is verses 11 and 13 of Psalm 95, at least Psalm 95 in the Old Reckoning. You remember, in the Vulgate and in the older Reckonings, you know, they number the psalms a little differently from the modern numbering. In the more modern numbering, this is Psalm 96. And uh, so what we're going to be hearing uh, in a moment uh, has to do with the verses uh, that say, "...the fields and all the things that are in them shall be joyful, then shall all the trees of the woods rejoice." before the face of the Lord, because he cometh, because he cometh to judge the earth, he shall judge the world with justice and the peoples with his truth. And uh, the Latin version, by the way, uh, is different, uh, that, that Augustine had, is different from the Vulgate. Uh, you have to remember that Jerome, who gave us the new Psalter, you know, he died in 420, okay? So his translation uh, that, you know, became so... Uh, widely used by the church and basically the official you know, psalter for the church, his translation wasn't really widely available. As a matter of fact, it was controversial in a lot of ways. Augustine was using an older Latin version of the scriptures, what we called the so-called Vetus Latina, the Old Latin, which was translated you know a little bit by bit here and there, and then pieced together from translations from the Greek Septuagint uh, version which was from the the second half of the second century so this old latin version was the one that was most widely diffused in in north africa there was a there were various old uh latin versions before jerome uh got around to it but this version that that uh, augustine was using was really kind of slavish uh, it was very slavishly accurate um, Bishop Troutman wouldn't have liked it at all and uh, so it limps a little bit you know sometimes these slavish translations they stick a little too closely to the Greek and so they limp you know and Augustine every once in a while in his works he, he corrects the texts along the way and uh, there are some inter- like Christian interpolations into the, into the text of the Vetus Latina here and there but uh, now we can turn uh, directly to the reading, and here's some of this is from today's office of the reading. This is the thirty-third Sunday of Ordinary Time. Uh, we're getting to the end of the liturgical year, and uh, so Holy Church uh, presents for us and for our prayer and for our meditation things that have to do with the end times, the four last things: death, judgment, heaven, and hell. We are getting uh, in the liturgy more and more, both in the older form of the Roman Rite and in the newer form, the Novus Ordo, and, and the accompanying offices that go with them, the Braviarum Romanum and the older part, the Liturgia Orarum and the newer. We uh, we have more and more things having to do with uh, the, the end of the world and the return of the Lord as judge, and the unmaking of the world and fire and all of our judgment. This is a time toward the end of the year, liturgical year, when we are walking up. It's like we're walking up toward the threshold, a doorway that is going to carry us over into the next year on the other side. But, you know, as every time you walk up to a doorway that's open, even when you're still on one side of the door, the closer you get to it, every step. You know that you take step by step. You can see more and more of the room on the other side. Well, the same thing happens in the liturgy as we approach Advent. We can see more and more of the theme of Advent on the other side of the threshold. Remember that Advent isn't just about our preparation for the coming of the Christ child at Bethlehem. It is about that. But even more so, I would say, Advent is a time to reflect on the end of the world and the second coming of the Lord. That's what the Advent really stresses, how the Lord comes and not just as the the tiny child at Bethlehem. So when you listen to this reading, there are several things that you can maybe tune your ears for. Uh, Listen to how Augustine simultaneously uh, contrasts and, and unifies the you know the first second the first and second coming in here, and he's also very practical. He asks questions along the way. This is what a good teacher does. he asks questions, for example, one of the you know very beginning one, "What should a Christian do and then he goes on and explains what's going on uh he and what we should do he contrasts the world and its slavery uh the material dimension of our present existence and how to live in the midst of it without being enslaved so in other words what true freedom is and what real slavery is uh fear on the one hand a kind of slavery and hope on the other hand a sort of a, a freedom uh, augustine uh, very directly uh, deals with the problem of fear uh, our fear of judgment Um, you know it's it's a good thing to have a healthy fear of god's judgment but what he's talking about a solicitudo you know he's talking about a a fear that that crushes us down and then how to make sure that we have real confidence if we truly love the lord then what do we really have to fear well the thing that we have to fear is what we do that might bring upon us uh, the kind of judgment that we don't want so here is Augustine's advice to us about how to look at the coming of the judge and not fear him. This is from the Interaciones in Psalmos 95 by Augustine Hippo. Then all the trees of the forest will exult before the face of the Lord, for he has come. He has come to judge the earth. He has come the first time, and he will come again. At his first coming, his own voice declared in the gospel, Hereafter you shall see the Son of Man coming upon the clouds. What does he mean by hereafter? Does he not mean that the Lord will come at a future time when all the nations of the earth will be striking their breasts in grief? Previously, he came through his preachers, and he filled the whole world. Let us not resist his first coming, so that we may not dread the second. What then should a Christian do? He ought to use the world, not become its slave. And what does this mean? It means having as though not having. So says the apostle, My brethren, the appointed time is short. From now on let those who have wives live as though they had none, And those who mourn as though they were not mourning, And those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing, And those who buy as though they had no goods. And those who deal with this world as though they had no dealings with it. For the form of this world is passing away, but I wish you to be without anxiety." He who is without anxiety waits without fear until his Lord comes. For what sort of love of Christ is it to fear his coming? Brothers, do we not have to blush for shame? We love him, yet we fear his coming. Are we really certain that we love him? Or do we love our sins more? Therefore, let us hate our sins and love him who will exact punishment for them. He will come whether we wish it or not. Do not think that because he is not coming just now, he will not come at all. He will come, you know not when. And provided he finds you prepared, your ignorance of the time of his coming will not be held against you. All the trees of the forest will exult. He has come the first time, and he will come again to judge the earth. He will find those rejoicing who believed in his first coming, for he has come HE WILL JUDGE THE WORLD WITH EQUITY, AND THE PEOPLES IN HIS TRUTH. WHAT ARE EQUITY and TRUTH? HE WILL GATHER TOGETHER WITH HIM FOR THE JUDGEMENT HIS CHOSEN ONES, BUT THE OTHERS HE WILL SET APART, FOR HE WILL PLACE SOME ON HIS RIGHT, OTHERS ON HIS LEFT. WHAT IS MORE EQUITABLE, AND WHAT IS MORE TRUE, THAN THAT THEY SHOULD NOT THEMSELVES EXPECT MERCY FROM THE JUDGE, WHO THEMSELVES WERE UNWILLING TO SHOW MERCY BEFORE THE JUDGE'S COMING. THOSE, HOWEVER, WHO WERE WILLING TO SHOW MERCY, WILL BE JUDGED WITH MERCY. FOR IT WILL BE SAID TO THOSE PLACED ON HIS RIGHT, COME, BLESSED OF MY FATHER, TAKE POSSESSION OF THE KINGDOM WHICH HAS BEEN PREPARED FOR YOU FROM THE BEGINNING OF THE WORLD. AND HE RECKONS TO THEIR ACCOUNT THE WORKS OF MERCY. FOR I WAS HUNGRY, AND YOU GAVE ME FOOD TO EAT, I WAS THIRSTY, AND YOU GAVE ME DRINK. WHAT IS IMPUTED TO THOSE PLACED ON HIS LEFT SIDE? THAT THEY REFUSED TO SHOW MERCY. AND WHERE WILL THEY GO? DEPART INTO THE EVERLASTING FIRE. THE HEARING OF THIS CONDEMNATION WILL CAUSE MUCH WAILING. BUT WHAT HAS ANOTHER PSALM SAID? THE JUST MAN WILL BE HELD IN EVERLASTING REMEMBRANCE. HE WILL NOT FEAR THE EVIL REPORT. WHAT IS THE EVIL REPORT? DEPART INTO THE EVERLASTING FIRE WHICH WAS PREPARED FOR THE DEVIL AND HIS ANGELS. WHOEVER REJOICES TO HEAR THE GOOD REPORT WILL NOT FEAR THE BAD. THIS IS EQUITY. THIS IS TRUTH. OR DO YOU, BECAUSE YOU ARE UNJUST, Expect the judge not to be just? Or because you are a liar, Will the truthful one not be true? Rather, if you wish to receive mercy, Be merciful before he comes. Forgive whatever has been done against you. Give of your abundance. Of whose possessions do you give, If not from his? If you were to give of your own, It would be largesse. But since you give of his... It is restitution. For what do you have that you have not received? These are the sacrifices most pleasing to God. Mercy, humility, praise, peace, charity. Such as these, then, let us bring, and, free from fear, we shall await the coming of the Judge who will judge the world in equity and the peoples in his truth. cumque exultabunt omnia linea silvarum ante paciem dominin coniam venit coniam venit indicare terram primo venit et postea venturus est hic primo vox sius sonuit in evangelio amaro videbitis filium homidis virientem in nubibus quid est amodo Non ne dominus postea venturus est quando se plangent omnes tribus tere? Prius venit in predicatoribus suis, et in totum orbem terarum. Non resistamus primo adventui, ut non expavescamus secundum. Quidergo debit facere Christianus? Uti mundo non servire mundo, Quid est hoc? Habentes tamquam non habentes. Sic digit Apostolus, De cetero, fratres, tempus breve est. Relicum est ut, et qui habentes uxores, tamquam non habentes sint, et qui flent, tamquam non flentes, et qui gaudent, tamquam non gaudentes, et qui emont, quasi non tenentes, et qui utuntur hoc mundo, tamquam non utentes, preterit enim figura huius mundi, volo vos sine solicitudine esse. Qui sine solicitudine est, securus expectat quando veniat Dominus Ipsius, nam qualis amor est Christi timere ne veniat. Fratres, non erub amamus et timemus ne veniat? Certe amamus? An peccata nostra plus amamus? Ergo ipsa od erimus et amemus eum qui venturus est ad punienda pecata. Veniet, velimus, non limus. Non enim quia modo non venit, ideo venturus non est. Veniet, et quando nescis, et si paratum te in venerit, nihil tibi obest quia nescis. Et exultabunt omnia linea salvarum. Venit primo, et postia judicare terram. Exultantes inveniet eos, qui primo eus adventui crediderunt, quoniam venit. Judicabit orbem terarum in equitate, et populos in veritate sua. Que est equitas ed veritas? Congregabit secum electos suos ad judicandum. ceteros autem separabit ad invicem. Positurus est enim alios ad dexteram, alios ad sinistram. Quid autem equius? Quid verius, quam ut non expectent misericordiam de iudice, qui noluerunt facere misericordiam, antequam vediret iudex? Qui autem voluerunt facere misericordiam, cum misericordia iudicabuntur? Dicetur enim eis ad dextram positis, venite, benedicti patris mei, Percipite regnum quod vobis paratum est ab origine mundi, et imputat opera misericordie. Esurivi enim, et didistis mihi manducare, sitivi, et potastis me, et cetera. Rursus ad sinistram positis quid imputatur, quia noluerunt facere misericordiam. Et quo ibunt ite in ignem eternum, iste auditus malus manium gemitum FACIAT. Sed quid dixit alius psalmus? In memoria eterna erit iustus ab audito malo non timabit. Quid est auditus malus? Ite in ignem eternum, qui paratus est diabolo et angelis eius. Qui gaudebit ad auditum bonum, non timebit ab auditum malo. Hic est equitas, hic veritas. An qui atu in justus ess, Justus non erit iudex. Aut qui mendax ess, verax non erit veritas. Sed civis si habere misericordiam, esto. Misericors antiquam veniat. Dimite si quid in te comissum est, Da ex eo abundas, Ex de cuius das, nisi de Ilius. Si de tuo dares, largitio eset, Cum de Ilius das, reditio est. Quid enim habes cod non accepisti, he sunt hostiae Deo gratissime, misericordia, humilitas, confessio, pax, caritas, has aportemus, et securi expectabimus adventum iudicis, qui iudicabit orbem terarum in equitate, et populos in veritate sua. That was from St. Augustine of Hippo's En in Salmos, that was number 95. And it's taken from the second reading in the Office of Readings for the Liturgy of the Hours today. And today is the 33rd Sunday of Ordinary Time. Now we can return to a point here. Um, I want to focus for a moment on the fact that the Lord is going to come whether we want him to or not. We are going to face our judgment, friends, whether we desire it or not. We are going to get his judgment whether we want it or not. This is absolutely inescapable. It is absolutely impossible to halt the march of time, the inexorable dissolution of our bodies and our minds with age. The Lord is coming, and it's all going to happen whether we want it to or not. But his mercy is there for the asking. We will get his judgment whether we ask for it or not, but we can beg his mercy and receive it. And so we have to strive after all those things which will contribute to us being given his mercy along with his judgment. Now, something that Augustine Uh, stresses here is being prepared for that judgment in very practical ways it's in a very very serious tone that augustine speaks of works of mercy on our part not just using our possessions well or living in the midst of the world as if it didn't exist and all that kind of stuff but actually sharing and using our possessions well from love of god of course but also out of love of neighbor one of the things that we are also urged to do is to be forgiving if we want mercy we must be merciful if we desire mercy from god we should show forgiveness to others these acts of love and mercy on our part can temper and shape the fear that we ought to have about our judgment and about the coming of the lord if we are good and generous with our not only our time and our treasures and our talents and so forth, but also but also generous in respect to an open heart and an open mind, even to those who do us wrong or whom we think you know we imagine might have done us wrong, then God will treat us well, and the stakes are very high, are they not? Augustine really underscores very strongly what It is that awaits those who will not receive the mercy of the Lord, those who have been negligent in seeking out his mercy and asking for mercy, also by showing mercy and being generous of the things of this world, those who are enslaved to the material things or worldly things, you know, whatever it might be, you know, power or, or fame or you know, whatever, you know, sensual things or you know, whatever it might be. Those who have not been generous to the poor, uh, those who have closed their hearts off to those to whom they really owe a certain measure of of forbearance and mercy, their fate will not be good. Augustine says there will be a great cry that goes up. You know, imagine, just imagine that. Just as a point of, at a point for your meditation i think we should spend a little time thinking about the last things death judgment heaven and hell every single day and maybe just as a point of your reflection imagine what the sound of the cry of the multitudes on the left side are going to be as the lord raises his hand in judgment against them you know in the sistine chapel uh, on the wall, there is the marvelous fresco painted by Michelangelo of the Last Judgment, and you could see the Lord, and he has divided the two groups into two, two sides, and he has his hand raised against the one as they are being, being received into their eternal reward it's a good thing to contemplate imagine imagine what for example the first 10 seconds of realization of where you are if you were to wind up in hell imagine what the damned soul must imagine in that first 10 seconds of realization of where he is forever these are good things to think about and then turn around and look at your own life and see how you're doing a regular examination of conscience and a regular confession of sins is going to be of great help to you, friends, in thinking about our judgment and the kind of you know fear that we might have of it. Sinners have a real need to be afraid. The Christian who is practicing works of mercy and using the sacraments well, examining his conscience well, you know, thinking about what he's done, what he's failed to do, you you know, going to confession regularly, receiving the sacraments well, living well. We don't have so much to be afraid about. Sure, afraid, sure, a little bit in a healthy way, but not in a terrified way. And using the sacraments, using the sacraments well, should be part of this program. Not only should we be worried about the the good of the living and charity, using the sacraments well a regular confession after a regular like daily examination of conscience is so very very important remember we are going to get the Lord's judgment whether we want it or not but we can ask for his mercy and we can do so regularly through the very sacrament given to us by the Lord the one that he intended as the regular way for our sins to be forgiven This is the way Christ himself desired for us to have our sins forgiven. And once they are forgiven in sacramental confession, once you have confessed everything, 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 all of your mortal sins in number and kind, and those venial sins which you think you should also confess, when you receive absolution for them they are gone they are taken away they have ceased to be you may have a memory of them but they will not be held against you in your final judgment though your sins were red as scarlet they will become as white as snow and there is nothing that you or I little mortals little little specks can do that is so terrible that the infinite power and the love and mercy of God cannot Cleanse away. But we must ask for the cleansing. We must go and seek it out. Friends, if you haven't gone to confession for a long time, go to confession. Don't worry about being embarrassed or, you know, don't hold back anything. Just go and do it. The priest isn't going to think you're an idiot or a jerk. He is probably going to be impressed by the fact that you've done so well and with a certain measure of courage and and trust confessed everything, no matter what it might be, no matter how embarrassing you might think it is, no matter how terrible. Remember that in those words, I absolve you from your sins. Christ Himself is absolving your sins. They will not be held against you in your judgment, and it will come. Your judgment will come. It will happen. Like Augustine says, just because, you know, it's not coming today and you're not seeing the clouds split open and the Lord coming in glory as the judge at this very moment, that doesn't mean it's not going to happen be prepared for it works of mercy examination of conscience using the sacraments well including the sacraments of your state in life if you're confirmed you can call on the help of that sacrament when you're being tested and tried if you're married, you can get actual, the actual graces from the sacrament will help you in your married state. You who are priests, remember the sacrament of holy orders can fortify you in everything that you do. Priests are conformed to Christ Himself, He'll help you. We all have the help of the holy angels. There are many, many ways in which our proper and very necessary fear of death can be tempered with christian hope and the lord has placed all of these wonderful things uh, at our disposal through holy church and her teaching and her
1: sacraments
0: Honor and majesty are before him, strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength, ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name, bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in holy array, tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, The Lord reigns. Yea, the world is established, It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad, And let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar, And all that fills it. Let the field exult, And everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the wood Sing for joy. Before the Lord, for he comes, For he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his truth. With that, I'm going to wrap up this podcast. Come and visit us at the blog, WDTPRS.com, Whiskey Delta Tango, Papa Romeo Sierra. Tell your friends about it, too. You can get uh, find me really easily online by just Googling Father Z or maybe coming to FatherZOnline.com. I tried to get a, a somewhat easier uh, link. WDTPRS is so hard for people to remember. So you can find me at also at FatherZOnline. That's F-A-T-H-E-R-Z-Online, all one word i look forward to having you there come and uh make comments make comments on the blog in the combox box under the entry for this podcast you know sometimes i make these things and uh I can see in the stats that people uh, listen to them, uh, but there really isn't a lot of discussion about them sometimes. I, I'm, Every once in a while I'm left scratching my head a little bit as to you know, what people are thinking about them. So please come and uh, give some feedback and uh, participate in uh, other discussions on the blog too. And until I make another podcast, please say a prayer for me as I will for
1: you.